0: Or maybe you've bought a television recently, and uh, they've said you'll need special glasses to get the full value out of the viewing. And the idea of these glasses, or these uh, 3D glasses, are that you get the benefit of things coming out of the screen at you. Uh, If you don't have the glasses on, the picture and the effect is not just all that it could be. And uh, the title that we've been given for this evening is Seeing the World Through the Cross. And almost like putting on those glasses as you sit down before a television screen that's got the 3D effect. Or maybe as you put sunglasses on, the way you look at things and the way you see things is transformed because of the glasses. Now, I got my inspiration, I think, originally in regards to what we're going to say this evening, uh, one morning in Ross Carberry this year in our team time. And uh, we were singing that song, which is in our Songs for the Saviour hymn book, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. But there's a verse in it which I hadn't seen in any other hymn book, and it goes like this. His dying crimson like a robe spreads or his body on the tree, then I am dead to all the globe and all the globe is dead to me. And I thought to myself, what on earth does that mean? I am dead to all the globe and all the globe is dead to me. It's nonsense. Uh, Better not uh, write me off for saying that immediately, but come with me and tell me what you think. You see, as we begin to look through the Bible, the Bible uses the word world, seeing the world through the cross. The Bible uses the word world in three different ways. The Bible speaks of, and we'll knock this one forward please just for our next minute, the Bible speaks of a physical world. And a physical world is really what we live in and the world around us. It's what that verse in that particular hymn calls the globe. And I am dead to all the globe, and all the globe is dead to me. It doesn't make sense. Because when we think of the globe, we think of a physical world. We think about a material world, a created world. Uh, We think about this planet on which we live. But the Bible doesn't just speak about a physical world, but sometimes the Bible uses the word world, and it speaks about a a racial world. Now, don't get me wrong, in spite of my accent, not a racist world, but a racial world. Nations, races, countries, cultures, a world of different races. And uh, we think of a verse like, for God so loved the... World. Not thinking about the globe. We're not thinking about the planet. We're thinking about people. And so the Bible speaks of a physical world. It speaks of a racial world. And then the Bible also speaks about an immoral world. And uh, we'll come to this in a little moment or two, but it says, love not the world. But yet the Bible also says, God so loved the world. So, The word world must be understood differently depending on how you read it. But we want to see the world through the cross. And so this evening, for the time that I'm allowed, am I still finishing at half nine or can I slip past that? Um, For the time that we have, we want to look at the world, the physical world. We want to look at the racial world. And we want to look at the immoral world through The cross. Now, one or two things I'm sure I can leave out here, but uh, if you're into geography, GCSE or maybe A-level, or maybe you've got a little bit further and you've got to university, or maybe you even teach geography, uh, you could tell us immediately that there are seven continents. You could maybe even go as far and tell us that uh, Asia, Africa, North America, South America, Antarctica, Europe and Australia, seven continents. That is our physical world. Uh, You could tell me there are oceans and uh, you would begin to think, well, there's the Pacific Ocean. You could divide it into North and South if you want. Uh, You can talk about the Atlantic Ocean. You could talk about the Indian Ocean and you could talk about the Arctic Ocean. That's our physical world. That's the globe on which we live. And then you can think about this world, and you think about oil reserves. Uh, you think about coal deposits. You think about gold mines. Uh, you think about volcanoes. Uh, and then you begin to think about lakes. And if you're well into your geography, you'll think, well, what lakes do I know? Well, Lake Victoria, that's in Africa. Uh, you might think about Lake Superior, and that's in, well, it's in both Canada and America, And this is the world in which we live. I'll not bore you with more world details. But uh, the next slide says this. This is what the Bible says about our physical world. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those that dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and he has established it upon the floods. And I'm sure this year on UBM, we have taught our little verse. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That is our physical world. And we read in Acts chapter 17, God who made the world and all things therein. And the lovely hymn that we sometimes sing... uh, O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hands have made. So I think I've established the case for you that the Bible speaks about a physical world. You thought, well, I knew that anyway, Hugh. Well, there we are. That's it established. Let's come to the next one, a racial world. Now, whenever we think about a racial world, we're talking about a human populace. Uh, we're talking about nations and people. We're talking about the people who right now inhabit planet earth. Uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then the next word is key. That whosoever. Now that's not talking about trees. That's not talking about rocks. That's not talking about rivers. That's talking about people. God so loved the world that whosoever believes in his Son. So very clearly the Bible speaks about the world of people. And the next verse comes from Romans... Next slide, please. It says this. Now we know that what things soever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world will become guilty before God. That's a world of people. That's a racial world. That's not a physical world. That is a racial world. And again, as we read in Acts chapter 17, as Paul stood on Mars Hill on that particular day, he says to the people, the time of this ignorance God winked at. But now he commands all all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day In which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he has ordained and he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised them from the dead. One day the races of this world, you and I included, the Bible says God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. But not only does the Bible speak of a physical world and a racial world. But the Bible, and our next slide, uh, the Bible also speaks about an immoral world, an immoral world. And our next slide uh, quotes a verse from 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. Uh, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So that's not the physical world that's not your mountains trees rivers and gold mines that's not people because God loves people and he loves the world but here we've been told don't love the world and what uh, uh, John is being inspired here by the holy spirit to uh, say is this that there's this old immoral world that we all live in and the bible says you ought not to love it you ought not to set your affections upon it You should not love the world. And uh, whenever Paul was writing to the Galatian church in chapter 1, he says in his introductions, uh, uh, Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. That's why Christ came into this uh, world, in order that he might deliver us from the sins and the things in this world that are against God. Remember the story that the Lord Jesus told about the uh, four types of ground? There uh, There was the pathway, there was the stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good ground. What does it say about the thorny ground? It says the weed or the thorns grew up and it choked the seed. And uh, the Lord Jesus, in giving explanation of that, he says that the thorns were the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the love of other things. That's this world, and we ought not to love it. Well, I want, just as we come to a conclusion, we've got a few minutes left, I want you to look at the physical world through the cross. I want you to look at the racial world Through the cross. I want you to look at the immoral world. Through the cross. And as it were. I wonder will what we see be different. Than what an unsaved person sees. Will we begin to look at it. And understand it differently. Because we look at this world. This physical planet. Through the cross. Uh, Will the people that we live amongst. And who inhabit this planet with us. Will as we look at them through the cross. Will it change our perspective. And then as we look at the things that are around us, which are part of this evil world, will that change our view on how we see things? I think the passage that helps us most when it comes to looking at the physical world is Romans chapter 8. Come with me please if you would, if you have your Bible to Romans chapter 8. And uh, this particular verse helps us as the Lord's people to look at this physical planet through the cross. And it gives us a sense of confidence that the world knows nothing about. In Romans chapter 8, in verse number 16, it says this, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Christ that we may also be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now here's the key verses that we're coming into now. For the earnest expectation of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creation was made subject to vanity, not uh, was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature or the creation itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only it, but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the, waiting for the adoption, that is to know the redemption of the body. Now, what is Paul teaching us? In regards to this physical planet that you and I want to learn this evening as believers. Well if you read the whole of Romans and particularly where we are in chapter 8 right down through to the end. You will see that the cross and the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ is impressed in all of these verses. If you take right, if you take your mind right back to the very beginning of time when sin came into this world, this world was cursed because of sin. Whenever sin came into this world, death came into this world. Whenever this world, whenever sin came into this world, sickness came in. Death came in. Disease came in. And as the years rolled by, this world and this old planet has decayed and is decaying because of sin. Not only is the world decaying because of sin. But man who was given responsibility to look after this world. Has either by neglect or by exploitation. Is destroying the planet that God has given to us. In order to tend and to look after. And uh, I heard a a headline on the BBC just a few years ago, and it said this. By the year 2050, 2050, this world, this earth will have run out of natural resources. The world is breaking up. There's not going to be enough food for everybody on planet earth. There's not going to be enough to go around. The resources are diminishing. And as we look around us this evening, and I am not an advocate of the Green Party or anything like this, or anything to do with greenhouse gases, but let me say this. This world is decaying, and this world is growing old. This world is groaning, and the Bible tells me just as our bodies are growing old, and just as people grow old, and as they grow old, they groan, and uh, uh, their bodies begin to decay, And they die, so too, this planet. But do you know something? There's an answer to this planet that the environmentalists and the politicians know nothing about. Because when the Lord Jesus went to that cross and shed his blood and died and rose again and ascended into heaven, the Bible tells us that one day he's coming back again. And the Bible teaches us this, that one day God will make a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness, and sin and the curse and everything will be removed. And as we look at this world this evening, with all its problems and all its issues, the world is groaning. And in my responsibilities back at church in Belfast, I visit people and they're groaning. Now, there's a difference between groaning and grumbling. Grumbling. Groaning is something that is a normal thing in life. But for God's children, we ought not to grumble. Uh, Many of God's children groan. Why do they groan? They get aches and pains. Well, they know something. The creation itself is waiting for the redemption that comes when God calls his people home. And God makes this world new again. And as I look at this physical planet... This sin-cursed world through the cross, I thank God that one day sin is going to be removed. I thank God that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, David Cameron knows nothing about it. The Green Party, it's off their radar. But do you know something? the answer to this world's groans and to this planet's groans and to the lacks uh, the things that are lacking in this world just in regards to the ordinary everyday things, the answer is this, the cross of Christ. Because Jesus has done all that is needed that this world can be made again. And though the creation groans, the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only it, but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. One day Jesus will come again and all will be made as God wants it to be. See the world through the cross. But then we want to look at the racial world through the cross. We read in Acts 17, that God made of one blood all nations of men to dwell upon the face of the earth. I wonder would you turn with me to Luke chapter 17 to a very familiar story. This familiar story is that of the uh, ten lepers who were, ca- uh, who were uh, healed by the Lord Jesus. And one of them was a Samaritan. Now just recently I was reading in Luke chapter 17... And I noticed something that I'd never seen before and it fits in very nicely to where we are this evening. In Luke 17 and verse 11, it says there, and it came to pass as Jesus went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now just pause and think of what's being said there. Jesus passed through the midst of Samaria And Galilee. In Galilee lived the Jews. In Samaria lived the Samaritans. But Jesus went through Samaria. And he went through Judea. It's very true that birds of a feather flock together. I'm sure you've heard that saying as well as I have. Uh, From the very beginning of time. People gather with their own sort. Um, In this particular story, we have people from different uh, cultural backgrounds, Jews and Samaritans, ten lepers. One of them was a Samaritan who returned to give thanks. But wherever you go in this world, people will hang out with their own people. That's the way it's been since the beginning of time. Uh, At least from Genesis chapter 11, when the Tower of Babel and God divided their languages and people were scattered according to their languages. And... Wherever we go this evening, people stay with their own sort. You go to a Muslim country, and we look into a Muslim country potentially, and we think they're all the same. But if you look a little bit deeper, in Muslim countries, there are Shiites and there are Sunnis. And we wonder sometimes, why does those Muslims blow up those Muslims? Well, it's just because they're one sort, and then there's another sort. And we don't get our minds around that sometimes. Uh, You go to some countries and you have blacks here and you have whites here. That's racial. That's racist. You come to Northern Ireland and you'll get an area of the town and there's Catholics there and there's Protestants here. That's the way the world works. People don't mix very easily. Whenever it was in Jesus' time, it was no different. In John chapter 4, a lady said to the Lord Jesus, The Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. That's racial. That's racist. The Jews didn't interact with the Samaritans. They didn't buy their bread from them. They didn't go and buy their petrol at their petrol station. Uh, They didn't go to the same schools as them. They stayed apart. And that is what we would call, if you were in South Africa, apartheid. But let me remind you of this. What does it say here in Luke 17, verse 11? Jesus went through Samaria and Galilee. You ever thought about that? Jesus had nothing to do with racism. Jesus didn't see people as Jews. Or Gentiles. He didn't see people as Jews and Samaritans. He saw ten people who were afflicted with leprosy. And he loved them each. You see, if we're going to see this world through the cross. We will need to look at this, the racial, this racial world. As Jesus looked at it. The Lord Jesus was a Jew. If anybody was a Jew. He could trace his ancestry right back through David to Abraham. Jesus was a Jew. He was the son of God by eternal generation, but he was a man and he was a Jew. But know this, he loved the Samaritan. He loved the Samaritan. And it didn't matter to him that the man was not a Jew or these, uh, one amongst these people was not a Jew and it didn't matter that they didn't that he had to go through Samaria. Jesus loved the men and the women from wherever they came. And I'm not a Jew this evening, and I'm not a Samaritan either. And I don't know amongst this crowd if there's any Jews or any Samaritans. But let me say this to you. I can say authoritatively, Jesus loves you. Because Jesus doesn't see races. The cross, seeing this world through the cross, doesn't see racial divisions. Jesus doesn't see a world of different races. He sees a world of people, and he sees a world in need. And so, as we look at the world through the cross, and when the world begins to come to our country, it doesn't matter whether they're Czechs or Poles or Roma's or Chinese or Filipinos or Indians or Arabs or Asian, know this, God so loved the world. And we need to see the world through the cross. There's no point in saying that we'll send our missionaries to the far-off corners to witness to people in far-off lands of other nations. But whenever those nations come here and somehow or other we say, don't be living next door to me. That's not seeing the world through the cross. And brothers and sisters this evening... If there's anything within us that we'd say or despise a man or a woman because of how they speak or where they come from or what they look like, we're not seeing the world through the cross. Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Next slide, if we could, please. Uh, The next one. This is what it says on the day that Jesus was crucified. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near to the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Greek, and in Latin. Here we are right at the cross. Let me read you a little quotation. The message at the cross was written in languages of Jerusalem, of Athens and of Rome. In languages of religion, of culture and power. In languages ecclesiastical, intellectual and political. In languages national, common and official. Jesus died for the world. And then you add to that. That the Lord Jesus as he hung on that cross. He hung naked upon the cross. Not identified with his day and age alone. But with all mankind. Of all generations. All classes. All creeds. All colors. He died for all. And the only thing of earth that was upon him. As he hung upon the cross. Was the crown of thorns. Which speaks of The curse. Who wants to start to put racial barriers around the cross? Doesn't John say he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We need to see the cross we need to see the world through the cross. Let me look at the crowd as my Savior did till my eyes with tears grow dim. Let me look till I pity those wandering folk and love them for love of him. We don't want to see the the, the races and the nations of this world like a a, a football lager lout. And just because they don't wear our color or our scarf or they don't speak with the way we speak that we reject them. That's not Christianity. That's not the way the Savior taught us. We need to see the races. We need to see the world. Through the cross. And then we come to our final one. And we want to look at this old world through the cross. This sinful world in which we live. There are a number of passages in the New Testament that tell us what are the characteristics of this present evil world. Whenever we look at this present evil world, we think of things like adultery. We think of things like fornication, that's just sleeping around outside of marriage. We think of things like uncleanness and covetousness, hatred, evil thoughts. We think of things like murder and like pride. And these are the things that in the life of a believer, particularly as we think about just the audience this evening, these are the things that grieve the Holy Spirit. These are the things that cool our devotions after Christ. These are the things that Paul says, Mortify your members which are upon earth and set your affections on things above. And as we look at this old world as God's people, I wonder how do we view it? Prince Harry made the headlines a couple of weeks ago for notorious reasons. I wonder, did you go looking for the photographs? If you did, you're loving the world, because that's the world. I think Kate has made the headlines today. I hope you're not going anywhere looking to find out what it's all about. That's the world. And as you look at the world through the cross, why would you go looking for something that caused the Savior to hang on a cross that you could be cleansed? The lusts of the flesh. The immorality and the shameful practices of society around us and we've got to see them through the cross that those things cost our saviour Calvary. I hope you don't enjoy Graham Norton. I hope you don't enjoy Jonathan Ross. How could you enjoy those through the cross? Smut, innuendos, double meanings. And we're supposed to laugh at that. How could I laugh at that when it was that that took my Savior to die on the cross at Calvary? We need to see the world through the cross. And then we asked, is it all right for a Christian to do this and a Christian to do that? Look at it through the cross and tell me, is it okay? And if you can look at it through the cross and say it's all right, well then... That's between you and the Lord. But make sure you put the cross between you and whatever it is in this world that you're setting your affections on or whatever you're turning your time to. We need to see the world through the cross. I finish with what Paul said. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. May God help us to glory in the cross, to see this whole physical planet through the cross. Because of what he has done, the prospects are good for planet earth. He will a new heaven, a new earth. As we look at the at world evangelism, it's wonderful. God so loved the world. Jesus died on that cross that all could be saved, all nations, all races, all people. And as we look at this old sinful world in which we live, the power of the cross, the precious blood that was shed, able to cleanse us and to keep us clean, and one day take us to be with the Lord in heaven, where we will sing with myriads of others, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins, in his own blood, redeemed out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And for all eternity, we will glory in his finished cross work. May God bless his word uh, to each of our hearts. Amen.